most common question parents ask me is, is social media safe for my kids? The answer is that we don't have enough evidence to say it's safe. And in fact, there is growing evidence that social media use is associated with harm to young people's mental health. Children are exposed to harmful content on social media, ranging from violent and sexual content to bullying and harassment. And for too many children, social media use is compromising their sleep and valuable in-person time with family and friends. We are in the middle of a national youth mental health crisis, and I am concerned that social media is an important driver of that crisis, one that we must urgently address. That, that is from U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy from May 23rd, 2023, and today our topic is a Christian student in social media. I'm Eric Spee, the headmaster of Sheridan Hills Christian School, and I'm joined today by Christy Chipman, our head of upper school and by Pastor Ruben Hernandez from Sheridan Hills Baptist Church, who's a longtime youth pastor and uh, has worked at our school for many years as a Bible teacher. And, and, and both of these people with me today have spent a lot of time counseling with the consequences of social media uh, here in our school walls. So um, just going to start off, Christy, asking, what is the draw for social media for young people? Why do they want this thing? Yeah, I'm not a young person, so I'm going to come from <laughs> my perspective. But the first time I looked at this question, Facebook farm popped into my head. So <laughs> my first exposure to social media, I was getting my master's degree online. And my cousin started talking to me about Facebook farm and that I had to get Facebook. And so I got Facebook just to get the farm. And she would send me cows and we would share <laughs> farm animals and you could grow things. And it was... Um, it was just easy. It was mindless. When I was tired of doing my online work, I'd switch over and check my Facebook farm. But it quickly became evident that it was a distraction to me. As Even as an adult, I recognized like this is really not what I need to be doing right now. Um, I have kids and I'm in school. That's, that's not what I want. So I think it's similar for young people. It, it's easy. It's mindless. And it's popular. You know, their friends are doing it. There is a sense in you feel left out or excluded if you're not on social media because in their mind, everybody is. And a lot of people are, not everybody is, but that's the perception. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't get into Farmville. That wasn't my, <laughs> my thing. But uh, one of the things that I do that I did notice about or I do notice about students is they're looking for entertainment. A lot of times when they go to social media, they're either looking for memes or jokes or funny videos and then there's also just kind of the staying connected with their friends outside of school hours which uh, really can be a detriment um but like you said feeling in the know they they want they want to know what's going on and you know they feel like they can't go out they can at least see what other people are doing which of course ends up leading to depression and <laughs> everything else sadly so speaking of depression what uh in ruben what kind of negative impacts uh, does social media have in school and church life? Um, I would say the the number of hours that students spend on social media on a daily basis is very alarming. Um, I actually spoke about this in a chapel a couple of years ago, and I remember um, asking the question how how much time they would spend on social media. If it was one hour, if it was two hours, if it was three hours a day. And there were kids that were spending three, four more hours a day on social media. It'd be the first thing they'd check when they would wake up, the last thing they would do when they would go to sleep, they would do it instead of doing homework. So, you know, of course you had the perpetually tired kid because they didn't go to sleep until one or two in the morning just scrolling through TikTok videos. 
Um, you know, that, that's one thing. There's just this ex- extreme self-absorption um, among youth today. Being, they're always thinking, you know, it's who's liking my video, who's liking my post, who's um, how many, you know, who's commenting on it. They're just they're thinking about themselves over and over again and comparing themselves to what they're seeing in the people on their feed or, you know, they're comparing themselves with the people on their feed and seeing that their life doesn't match up in their perspective. And we're talking about students' life, but we could easily be talking about adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything you just said we could say is reflective, reflective of adults as well. Um, yeah, that's a really big deal. What do you think, Chrissy? Um, yeah, I agree with all of those things. And, you know, part of what we're trying to do as a church, what God has called us to do is to weep with those who weep and Rejoice with those who rejoice and be a part of each other's lives on a nitty gritty basis. Um, and social media becomes this this habit of just detachment of really shallow interactions, even if they're not bad. Even if you're looking at you know cute little puppy videos or whatever, those aren't necess- It's not necessarily sinful content, but um, you know you you just become this person that that looks at mindless things and you're not actually connecting with people. And it, I think it can actually stunt social skills mm-hmm. with kids. They're not interacting with people um, the way that they should at a young age, learning how to look people in the eye, deal with conflict, um, talk about things that aren't just superficial. Um, so that's one of the big things uh, that I see. And, you know, it's out of the overflow of the heart is our actions and, so you just have to be careful what social media is putting in because it's going to mm-hmm. flow out. I was I was at dinner with uh, my daughter the other day and and she said, "Dad, that's sad." And I said, "What are you talking about?" She said, "Look over there. There's <laughs> two parents and their kid, and they're all three on their cell phone, and no one's talking." Yeah. And listeners, my daughter is in high school, but she doesn't have a phone. Like kids aren't allowed to have phones till a certain age. And um, we actually had this thing called a conversation. But I found actually the person who was on the phone in our table that was a, not doing things right was me because I was getting texts from work. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to put yeah. this down mm-hmm. over here. And I, I have to set the example. I have to set the right parameters for my daughter because she's going to have a phone someday. And so we, uh, yeah. we yeah. I had to, I, I, it was, she didn't mean to sort of push and put me in my place, but it, it, it was something that definitely convicted me. Uh, yep. Well, I yeah, I had seen a note you'd made under this question just about attention span and, and what you just said about seeing people on phones. It made me think of like when you're at the grocery store and you see a baby holding a phone, like a mm, one-year-old, yeah. like watching a video, and you learn to not pay attention. You just want to be entertained and zone out all the time, and you don't want to do the things that are hard or require you to think. And to me, that's really scary when you're exposing kids to technology at a really young age. I had that conversation with a junior last year um, who, like you said, attention span, just really struggled with with staying on task. Um, and and I remember having this conversation with him, how much time he spent on social media. And, and they admitted that they spent quite a bit of time. And, and they even acknowledged that social media was hampering their attention span. And they still just couldn't figure out how to detach from it. Um, and, and this same individual really struggled with communication skills, would say things that, you know, like many people, they get that screen mm-hmm. syndrome. They'll say whatever they want because they're not seeing a person face to face and didn't realize the impact of his words on the person that he was speaking to. And so it was just kind of, a, you know, this snowball of not knowing how to talk and not knowing how to pay attention and 
Yeah. People skills are so essential and social media is a contributor to the lack of mm -hmm. what we are, at least we're seeing in our community, people skills, just like our, just like our PE teacher has to teach very fundamental um, movements in elementary because kids do not run around like they used to. They, you know, I grew up riding bikes in my neighborhood till it was supper time. Would, yeah. For a lot of <clears throat> legitimate reasons, people don't do that in our yeah. area. Yeah. And so we have to teach these students how not to run into each other, how not to, how, okay, when do you move? And we have to do basic stuff. We're finding that same thing with conversation skills because they're not getting that because of their, their uh, attention to the social media and phone. Yeah. Yeah, and not to mention just the unrealistic image that girls will develop for themselves. Oh, yeah. Just the constant need to be perfect all the time is a really it's a, it's a real pressure and I think it's been there for a long time before social media. It just makes it so much It amplifies it. It amplifies it. Well, and then we have and then we think about you know, I I would I you know, I I you know, everyone around here is well documented. They know about my struggles when I was a student. I was far from a perfect student. And so I was involved in drama. I was usually the, at fault for half of it. And yet I went home at 3.30, maybe 5 o'clock after practice, and my life ended. Unless my cordless phone that was in my uh, kitchen where my mother could hear everything I said, you know, unless I got on that, it ended right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead, we have these students, God bless them, who are on social media, and whatever drama happened in school, whatever drama they're going through continues as long as they have that phone open. It doesn't end. They don't have a mental break. You know, soldiers, if you read, there's some book, plenty of books on this, but you talk about frontline soldiers in wars. They can only be on the front lines for so much time before they have what we call post-traumatic stress disorder. The stress of always being under fire will wear down an adult, well-trained soldier. And we're looking at children who have not developed judgment, judgmental skills. They haven't, uh, they have not developed uh, thresholds of strength and and, and endurance in these areas yet. And so the constant drama is like in their own way being on a front line and they, they can't get over it. It, it, it causes them not to get true ever any true rest. Mm -hmm. And then of course the drama just continues and, and they, they, they can lose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the, all these, we talked about all these many problems and I'm sure there's a lot more that we could talk about, but what are some of the common social media platforms that we see in our community? Cause I, you know, we're in South Florida, we're right in the, the cutting edge of things. When you think New York, LA, Miami, we're like right up there with them for better or for worse. Uh, what are some of the ones that you see in our community? I would, I'd say the most popular ones, um, for a while, Instagram was very popular. It has declined in popularity. Um, most many parents think that Instagram is still kind of the the main thing, but it's not. Snapchat has taken over. Um, it has taken over not just for posting, but even for texting. So mm -hmm. very often students won't text through iMessage anymore or whatever other message app they have. They will use Snapchat to text, um, which is scary um, considering what Snapchat is. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Snapchat, they can, there's either an idea or some kind of reality that it will dissolve and be deleted automatically at some point. Right. So it, they can send a message, send a picture, send anything, and it can be up there for a short amount of time, mm -hmm. five seconds, 30 seconds, two seconds. They can set the timer for how long it is. And with the idea that, oh, well, it'll be up there, they see it and it, it'll disappear and no one ever see it again. But, and then they, and we've seen students send provocative or in, we'll just say inappropriate images mm -hmm. on Snapchat and 
not just naively. These are children without judgment. They can't drive yet. Okay. They're not old enough to vote. Okay. And so here they have this in their hand and they're, they're sending, receiving videos thinking they're in a quote unquote safe place. When in fact, all people do is take a screenshot. Yeah. And now there's mm -hmm. a permanent example of whatever poor choice they right. made. Well, and then you know they took a screenshot because it tells you, and then the fight starts, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it's... Yeah. And you would think it would be a deterrent, but at the end of the day, if someone took a screenshot, that's it. It's It's been recorded. Someone has it, and it's out of your hands. Mm -hmm. um, there's no getting that back. That's right. Well, and here we are. We're recording this in 2023 in the uh, fall. So, I mean, this could all be completely different a year from now, six months from now, as technology changes. But a lot of parents, I think, believe, you know, because they're Facebook people or maybe they're Instagram people if you're under a certain age, but they sort of think that is social media and they're not taking into account, maybe TikTok, but they're not taking into account the Snapchat. They're not taking into account Discord, which has been yep. arguably our one of our bigger challenges yes. here on our campus because mm -hmm. parents don't even know the kids have it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think every time I've ever had to call about that and have asked you know, are you aware your student has a Discord account? They don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And I'm not blaming parents at all. Like, it's just not, we're not as tech savvy as they are. And there's a certain level, and I was guilty of this as a parent, of just trusting your kids mm -hmm. and thinking they wouldn't do certain things because you've taught them not to do certain things, but they're kids. Yeah. They're going to do, they might shock you is what mm -hmm. I'm saying in the things that they do. And so Discord... I guess is a gaming platform, but it's also a social media platform. And a lot of um, just, I hate to use the word bullying, but a little bit of that is going on of just really tormenting each other back and forth and posting things that are not appropriate. Because the parents don't know anything about it and mm -hmm. the kids right. have an easy, they're going to go to the place where it's uh, least resistance. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and you can't find your name on it. I mean, it's whatever, yeah. whatever handle you have, if it's your mm -hmm. gaming handle, that's the name that shows up. So parents can't search Discord for the name of their child unless you know what their gaming name is. And their friends know. And they'll they'll tell each other what their their name is. But if you're trying to just kind of be observant and look in, it, it would be virtually impossible unless you're looking right over their shoulder. Um, mm -hmm. Discord's one. TikTok is another one. A mm -hmm. uh, very big one. Um, so many kids are on TikTok, posting videos on TikTok and watching videos on TikTok, which... Um, is alarming with the logarithms that TikTok mm -hmm. makes. I actually saw an article uh, about a year ago um, where just as an experiment, um, this group of, of people, they made an account and they intentionally made the account as if it was a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old just to see what would happen. Of course, the first videos that would pop up were age-appropriate for a 10 or 11-year-old, but um, the way it works is the longer you spend on a video or if you click on a video, you will start to get more more suggestions of that that type of content and so you know just kind of evaluating what if a 10 year old were to click on something that was a, just slightly provocative what would happen there all right well something that's slightly more provocative and then there's a slightly racy uh, picture what's going to happen there and before before they knew it they were just exposed to pornography straight pornography on tiktok wow wow and 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 one of the reasons we do these podcasts is because as, as a tool for parents, they, they may not know this. Mm -hmm. Again, if it, yeah. being on Facebook and Instagram is not enough. Yeah. And it is designed to addict people. You know, even Instagram, like I, I've been online shopping and then I go check, you know, Instagram. I follow my, my kids on that. And all of a sudden the thing, the piece of furniture I was looking at on Wayfair, an ad pops up for it and in, mm -hmm. in Instagram, it's it knows everything about you. Oh, yeah. And it's going to give you everything that they know you want to see. 
so that you don't stop scrolling. And yeah. that in and of itself is a little alarming. Yeah. Well, and it's not just gaming platforms. Here we are looking in, in normal conventional social media, uh, Instagram, TikTok. There seems to be in almost uh, in, in many apps, there are social media components that none of us would have even suspected. For example, I just learned the other day that the Bible version app, which I've had on my phone for, it seems like forever, because it's a great translation for the Bible, and yet it has a social media uh, component, and there have been some articles that have suggested that there's some really bad things infiltrating through that. Again, I can't verify that, but any kind, anytime you're in a social media uh, situation with children or anything, anything's possible, and it can go south very quickly. Yeah. So it's just something we have to keep an eye on. So, so here we are. Um, we're talking to a, a, a variety of, of people in this particular audience. Let me ask you, Christy Chipman, if you have a parent, and I know you've been in this situation already, you have a parent uh, who's already allowed social media for their child. So, and now your parent, the parents dealt with something, and now the parent says, I need to end it. I need to end this for my child. Mm -hmm. It sounds so easy to just say turn it off. Mm -hmm. I mean that. I mean, I guess to a certain degree, it's possible, but it's really difficult. With the child could potentially have a burner account. They could, there's so many things it, in parents. If you don't know what burner account means, <laughs> Google that because your child might have one. It's a fake account. It's a fake account. Yeah, yeah that you're, you're. So your child will see your. You'll, they'll show you their excellent, wholesome account. Well. Right. There's a whole other account. Which they call the Finsta, the fake Instagram account. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, that's an old term. It's not really even used anymore because people have migrated off of Instagram. But mm -hmm. they'll, they'll make the account that you can find and think, oh, great, my kid's behaving perfectly on social media. And they'll have the other account with an anime picture as a profile mm -hmm. and their game handle. And they would never know it was mm -hmm. them. It could be a character from a comic book, but that's where they're really posting their real content. And that's why the old parent adage the simplistic one of the past, which is, oh, I follow my child's social media. N you might not. You might think you are, yeah. but it may be a fake account. So going back to the question, Christy, what when, when the parent has to have this conversation with the child, uh, where do they begin? Um, yeah, I mean, it honestly starts at the very beginning of parenting and how you parent a child. And so, you know, our goal, and we talk about this all the time, is training a child's heart. And if you can't have a heart-level conversation about this, it's going to... It, I would imagine it would be ugly. It turns into a battle. I've heard of parents, you know, taking the phone and smashing it with a hammer or mm -hmm. throwing it in a toilet, you know, which I get it, um, but that doesn't necessarily address what's going on in their heart. So number one, um, how I would answer this question depends on does the child know the Lord? Do they have a relationship with the Lord where they are sensitive to the fact that there are things that are good for them and aren't good for them? And um, if that's so, you know, you really, you have to go about this not as a punishment, um, because there is a sense in which your child needs help. They've probably made some big mistakes or s committed major sins on social media. And at that point, shaming them or turning it into a punishment, um, I don't think is the way to go. Like they need help. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I had to address this with one of my kids, the verse that popped into my head is that there's no temptation that is not common to every or to man, I think is how mm -hmm. it goes, and that God will always provide a way. Um, and so the conversation needs to be with your child to try to bring them around to where you are, that this is for their good, and that 
if there's something online that they're not handling or they're not handling social media, it needs to be cut off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Bible says about, you know, it's better to throw, like go into heaven without your arms and legs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than to go to hell. Um, so I think it needs to be one of those conversations where you try to help them think through how it's impacting them in a negative way, why it's not a good thing for them right now, and try to get them to come around to that decision with you, mm-hmm. you know, and I, there's probably a time when you're just going to have to be, you don't like this. I know you don't like this, but I love you. So this is something that I'm taking away for now. Um, and like anything, when you go cold Turkey, there's going to be pushback yeah. that, that mm-hmm. urge to get it, the child to get it back. Right. But you'd like to think with time and right. maturity, they're going to yeah. say, Oh, I get well, why you did it. Mom. And there's that put off, put on, right? So you're removing social media, help them find something else. Yeah. Right. And engage in that. Take that as an opportunity to spend time with them. That means mom, and dad might need to get off social media. Mom Amen. might need to get off of Instagram and stop posting, you know, five times a day and engage with your daughter or with your son, you know, bake with them, have them cook dinner with you, do something else with their time. Um, because they're going to feel that absence. They're going to feel that gap. So help them fill it with something better. Yeah. And I, I'm one that I used to have an Instagram account years ago and I deleted it and the withdrawal symptoms are very real. I mean, it, it's all the addiction symptoms are, it, it seems like it, you know, there, there's the, the compulsive wanting to check. And, um, and that was kind of what helped was I just found something else to do. You know, I would just grab a book when mm-hmm. I want, instead of scrolling endlessly through the, you know, the never ending feed, I would just find something else to, to take care of. And, and it was relieving. It was so relieving as an adult to get rid of that. And all of a sudden, I thought I didn't have time for things. Well, all of a sudden, I found a whole lot more time that it was just being taken up by mindless scrolling. Mm-hmm. And you went through, and that was hard for you as an adult. As an adult. You know, these yeah. children have it much more difficult. Well, to- and I would say, don't have them go in their room with their phone. Like, oh, yeah. have a rule that it's got to stay in the living room and charge it in the living room at night. That's you can right. buy them an yeah. alarm clock, but they're just going to go in there and stare at their phone for hours and stay awake. Yep. Yeah. yeah, very very true. No, no matter how much they say, no, I wasn't up until 2 in the morning on this particular I, app. I was were. doing homework. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 30 minutes of homework and yeah. three hours of social media. But exactly. then but then start looking at their report card. Does it match? I mean, if they're doing so much homework... How are they doing with school? Is it really going well? If the teacher's saying they're not turning their stuff in and they're not completing their work, something's off. Ask them what it was about. Yeah. Oh, I was up all night doing history homework. Oh, really? What were you learning about? Can you show me? Exactly. Alexander the Great? Great. Tell me something about him. Make him do an impromptu report right in front of you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so if you're a parent of a young child and you have not yet given your child a phone or access to social media, you don't plan to give them access to either of them. How do you have the conversation with your child about that choice not to give them this platform? Because there are parents who deal with the child saying, I want a phone, I want a phone, I, w- I, want, I want to get, okay, I, get, I got a phone, it's limited, but I want my social media. You know, pressure, 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 pressure. How come, hey, my, my friend has it, how come I don't have it? How do we as parents have that conversation? Ruben so, and I are okay. staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> you go first. You go first. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my kids are not there yet, mm-hmm. right? My daughter's six. But there have been times where she really wants something, she really wants to do something, and, and I've had to you know, get down to her level and look her in the eye and say, do you trust that daddy knows a lot more things than, than you do? She said, yeah. Okay. Then 
you have to realize there are some things that I know about this that you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not doing it because I'm trying to hurt you at all. I love you. And everything I'm doing is done out of love for you. And if I'm keeping something from you, it is because I know that this will bring harm. Um, you know, if they're a teen, you can start to, with them, look up all the statistics on so, you know social media use and um, and how it impacts you know kids psychologically. I mean, there is there is plenty of data out there. Um, when I, when I spoke with the kids in chapel last year or the year before, I remember pulling up information. And there was one article that I found that was like, hey, here are eight reasons why social media might be good for your kids, and it dated all the way back to 2015, Oof. but everything since then and i'm talking about up until about a month ago there's just it's report after report after report about higher levels of anxiety higher levels of depression uh, you know higher levels of of sleep troubles um emotional issues there's so much out there that you can look through with your kids just sit them down and let's just look at at all the information what's out here Mm -hmm. um if if we don't let you know, adults can't buy and go to the store and buy certain substances until they're 21. This is, I think, in many cases, far more dangerous. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. because it's so subversive, it's so hidden, and it can just, you know, you can't hide alcoholism. It's, it's going to be visible, but this can just go underneath, and, and they don't realize that they're doing themselves harm. And, and it's our job as parents to keep them from that. You know, right. We're the parent, they're not. You Absolutely. Know, no matter how much they pester, yeah. we still say no. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's it. Yeah, there is a certain sense where as a parent, sometimes you just have to say no and your kids are not going to agree with you and they're not going to like it. But a few years down the road, they're going to look at you and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm pretty sure, Mr. Spee, you've said that to me that your kids have looked at you and said mm-hmm. thank you because they've avoided so many of the social media pitfalls that we see, you know, kids go through. And really, young children, they don't have the social skills that they need to be on social media. That's always struck me as ironic that it's called social media. Um, but kids go on there and they have no social skills, right? They say mean things to each other. They don't know how to interact with each other the right way. And, you know, it just, it can get ugly really, really fast. Um, and I would say also with, you know, not having social media at a young age, um, there needs to be that conversation of one day, you know, you're going to be an adult or you're going to be old enough to have it. You know, how do you use it wisely mm-hmm. and start having that conversation with them, um, preparing them because one day they're going to need to be able to function, you know, on a phone um, and just have that be a great conversation point, you know, with your kids. And I think that's a judgment call. When When is your child in a mature enough position to handle mm-hmm. having a phone? And that's another podcast for another time. And as a parent, so often we think my kid is right where I, I, I have three kids. I've said I, they're exactly where I want them to be, only to find out the very next day that I was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, right when, right when you think they're in the right spot, wait a little longer, keep praying yeah. about it. And again, I, to say it's an age thing, I mean, obviously, I don't know that social media can ever be beneficial for anyone at, yeah. at certain ages. It's, it's never going to be good. Yeah. Um, and and uh, But at some point, it is... Um, something we do have to kind of uh, be prepared to, to at least navigate. You know, we, we I tell my kids, okay, we practice on email. Don't put anything on an email that you can't stand before a judge and say, I meant to say that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have that same training with them when it comes to social media because everyone's looking at it. And I would just add to this question, 
you know, I've trained my kids for better, for worse, their whole lives to be different. It was okay. Look, we're Christians. Mm -hmm. Automatically in this world, we're going to be weird. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't want to be odd for God, but here in South Florida, let's be honest, to be a Christian is to be different. Mm -hmm. And, and God calls us to be holy, which means set apart. So that's okay. So, wow. Everyone's having social media in quote unquote, the world. You know what? We're just going to be different and it's okay. Now, again, not to be odd or strange, but it's okay. And if we can fight those little battles, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're just not going to go to that birthday party this weekend. Wow. Why are we, well, we're not going because family time's more important. Mm -hmm. We've had five birthdays in a row and we need family time together. Mm -hmm. It's not, we're not mad at little Johnny. Yeah. We just need to be together. That's going to make us a little different. Well, guess what? As Christians, mm -hmm. yeah. it's okay. Christ is our, our, is our model. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. who we want to please in him alone. Biblically speaking, anytime that the people of Israel ever wanted to do things to be mm. like the nations around them, it never worked out for them. That's right. It didn't. That's it right. Didn't. Great point. So last bit here, what can we do from a technical standpoint? What can we do from a technical standpoint to protect your child? So your child has a phone, they have a laptop, they have some of these items. Ruben, what are some things they can do? Um, the first thing I would say is vigilance. Um, it's not even a technical thing. It's just a, a perspective. You know, parents need to be vigilant with their children and their online usage, whatever that may be. Um, because kids are, they're, they're digital natives. We're mm. the digital invaders. They, they've grown up in a digital world. They know how to, if they're very determined to do it, they can yeah. find ways around anything, which what you said about ha getting a hold of their heart first is absolutely important. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've seen kids have apps that hide other apps. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it would be a complete unassuming thing, but if you hold the symbol for three seconds and you put in a special passcode, then all their other apps show up. I mean, very, you know, very sneaky. Um, they'll install and then uninstall apps. So when you look at their phone, oh, yeah, they don't have it. But then look at their history, their download history, and see if they've downloaded that in the past. You know, if it's if it's download, or if it's yeah. had to drop it from the cloud, they still have the account. Yeah, yeah. They, they can still have the account open, and, or they can access it from a computer. You know, it may not be. You, know, you think, oh, well, Instagram is just on on the phone. No, they can get it from a computer. They can they can access anything from the computer. Um, so, just really being awareness, parental awareness is huge. But there is software out there, and you never want to just totally rely upon a software. Because so not every software perfectly covers every every avenue, right? Um, but if it's for a computer, for you know, for a laptop, for tablets, for phones, you know, you can do. I I actually saw the one that you were telling me about earlier, uh, Christy. Accountable to you, Covenant Eyes, um, Bark. There's there's different ones that I mean, you can have a passcode to where you put in the passcode and you can put all the websites that they are, are not able to access and and just put a complete block on it. Um, Self-control is another one that's, you know, you have to re you have to go in and, and manually renew that one over and over again unless I think you totally block it. But there's ways of blocking certain content from from reaching your kids mm -hmm. that, that it, it's a great help. It's a great yeah. tool. Yeah, Christy Chipman with us told me about accountability for you long before my mm -hmm. kids were old enough to have cell phones. Uh, the one that does. And uh, we have it on everything now on our device. My oldest was going away to college on the laptop and I said, put it on. He's like, didn't even argue. He's, he, because his judgment, he was finally at an age where he was wise enough to say, this is good for me. Yeah. He wouldn't have said that at 13, 14. Right. 
Yeah. And that's why they shouldn't have social media at 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. There does need to be a certain level of buy-in where they see the accountability as not being a punishment, but as just being wise. And I think that struck me when I heard a, an adult pastor say one day that he had accountability and he always would on his devices. I'm like, that's just really smart. smart. Yeah. Yeah. No shame in that. Well, thank you, Christy Chipman. Thank you, Ruben Hernandez for joining us. You know, in closing, I would say that, you know, social media can connect people from all over. So it's not all bad. Um, I personally have very limited social media, but I will caveat it by saying all my virtual friends are my friends in real life that I can actually send a text to, uh, or call. Uh, in classical ed, we always ask ourselves, is something good, true, and beautiful, right? So can social media be any of those things, especially to a young person? I think we would probably argue it can't be. I would say as a headmaster, at one point, I had all three of my children at our school. My oldest has graduated. And I know there was things said about my family, about me, and about my children online on these different platforms. You know, because my kids didn't have a phone and they didn't have social media, they never knew it. They were better for it. Right. They didn't care. They had enough battles to fight, and they didn't need one more. Yeah. Even today, my grown children are reluctant to have social media. They have seen the impact on others, and they don't want to experience the potential pain that they have seen. So yeah. if humans lived without social media for thousands of years, can we still live without it today? So uh, we're, you know, we know it's tough parents, but um, again, we're praying for you, and we hope that you can. this helps you as you make your decisions. So in the meantime, thank you so much for listening today. Until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.